Welcome, everybody, to Equipped Agronomy Podcast, where we bridge the gap between seeding equipment and agronomy. Presented by Borgo Industries. My name's Curtis DeGoyer, and I have with me over across the desk, Mr. Jeff Strukoff. G'day, g'day, everybody. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Curtis. It's good seeing you. I know. Of course you would. <laughs> uh, today, we're going to be talking about phosphorus. Again, we like phosphorus. Uh, we're going to talk about it at a little different angle this day today, though. Uh, we're going to talk about seed row versus sideband. Previous episode, we were you know looking at uh, seed row and mid row band. Split foss. Split foss. Now this one we're going to look, uh, yeah, seed row versus sideband, and, and it's a little bit different in that where the nitrogen is placed in the different opener, right? Whether it be a dual knife or a sideband in general, how does that affect? The uptake of phosphorus. So I, this is kind of on our on our radar a little bit here, where we get asked, right? Where do we, you know, obviously where do we place stuff? And phosphorus, you know, if I got it, do I have to have it in the seed row? That was always the biggest thing before, right? With phosphorus, we've got to have it in the seed row, got to have it in the seed row. But then all of a sudden it started to change. Well, we can put it in the side band because it's not too far away, and that's good, right? As we'll find out, uh, that's true. It's not too far. It's not like being in the mid row a little bit further away, but now is there anything that affects that uptake? And we're going to dive into that a little bit with, uh, you know, with this little bit uh, uh, of, uh, of a different opener, a different placement uh, with the nitrogen. Does that sound fair? I think that sounds excellent, actually. Uh, this has been a really good learning experience for both of us. It's kind of unraveled a few things that we've seen over the course of years when you're looking at what different drills do and you're identifying the the strengths and limitations of different seeding systems. I think one of the most interesting things was when we were doing comparisons between seed row versus sideband FOSS placement with nitrogen in different spots, but comparing it to uh, our seed rate trials that we've done in the past and seeing some of the similarities that we've actually seen and what we can actually accomplish by uh, moving fertility around, whether it's in the seed row sideband versus mid row or whatever else. But. Exactly. And, and how, how s- we're looking at one fertilizer, right? We're looking at phosphorus in this case. Uh, but if we move nitrogen around, how that affects the uptake of phosphorus. Mm-hmm. And I think that was something that's like, oh, okay, well, here's, here's what's going on. And then hopefully we can you know, maybe explain why. So what we got, our trial that we set up, uh, we've got our, again, our 30 foot drills. Uh, we have a, a dual knife, Borgo's dual knife now, mm-hmm. uh, PLDS, Paralink dual shank, PLDS on that one drill on 12-inch spacing, but then we also have banders on it, right? So mid-row banders uh, that we can either lock up or put down. And then on our tank, we've got the uh, three, suit, three shoots, triple shoot. Trimax, commercial way of saying it, Trimax, three shoots. Uh, so then we can play with that opener and we can either have the banders up, have the nitrogen going in the sideband, or we move the nitrogen away and go into the banders. It's very unique because you have that straight up comparison. You're not using different drills. You're actually utilizing the same drill. So Same opener, you, the same everything. Right? Real, Really isolate all the variables exactly. doing it this way. So. Love isolating the variables. <laughs> Love it. Uh, very hard to do, actually, in, in larger scale stuff, to be totally honest, right? But yeah. this is the way we can do it. Uh, specifically, though, what we're looking be looking at is what happens with that phosphorus uptake. So we've got this drill. 
Okay, we'll start off by putting all the nitrogen in the sideband. That's kind of the typical way to go. Nitrogen goes in the sideband with a dual knife. Okay, everything's going in the sideband though. The phosphorus, the potash, everything's going in there. The seed is going on its own. And I would say that's a very typical way to do it. Uh, so we've got that trial in there. Should back up. We've got the control. No phosphorus, right? We've always got that control there. We've got to have, if we don't have anything in, what happens to the crop? Okay, so control, all the phos, all the, phos, all the nitrogen in the sideband. And then we've got uh, in wheat where we moved it into the seed row, the phosphorus into the seed row. Left the nitrogen uh, in the sideband, phosphorus in the seed row. Okay, so that's one side of it. Well, we did the same thing on the other side when we dropped the mid-row banders down, right? So we've got nitrogen going down the mid-row. We've got the wheat seed going on its own. And then we have the phosphorus going in the sideband, right? So phosphorus in the sideband. And then we have the other treatment there where we have the phosphorus going in the seed row of that. And essentially in that configuration, I don't know if anyone would actually do that in the fact that we've got one, it's, it's like a dummy knife going down. Right, that front fertilizer knife in that one treatment, there's nothing going down it. It was just kind of mm. doing its doing its thing, there. flopping in the wind. It was it was preparing the soil uh, ahead of time, right? So what did we what did we find from this? Um, we've been playing around with it a little bit. I would say the one visual thing that really stood out, really stood out uh, in 2020, was this uptake of phosphorus where the nitrogen got moved away, right? So we've, we've got zero phos, those strips on, doesn't matter where the nitrogen is, those strips there were very, very evident. Uh, you could tell uh, they were lighter green, they were stunted, uh, a very typical phosphorus deficiency, which, which is actually only really seen if you have that side-by-side -side comparison. Because the crop, if you just if you just looked at that crop with a phosphorus deficiency, or if you're low in phosphorus, it actually doesn't look too bad, right? The whole thing, if you didn't know what you were missing. That's the beauty of doing strip trials. That's the beauty of doing strip trials. Yeah. That's the challenge of phosphorus, though. Because it's not like it, you know, sulfur, let's say it, it purples or something on leaves. Phosphorus well, it, doesn't really... If it gets bad enough, it'll purple with phosphorus. Bad enough. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, but it's got to be really bad. It's got to be really yeah. bad. For this, the most part... This it's... just looks kind of like an anemic plant. Yeah. And you're right. If you didn't have the comparison right beside it, you'd never probably know. Uh, but when you get that nice, lush, green growth right beside it, on the strip beside it, it's you you, you can't hide that. Yeah, it's it was very, very evident. Okay, so we've got zero phos going down. Zero phos, very evident. Okay, we'll talk about the nitrogen in, in the in the sideband first. Okay, zero phos. Well, then we put phosphorus, like I said, all together into the sideband. So not too far, but it's in the sideband there. Okay, we did see a little bit of an improvement visually, uh, a bit of an improvement there. It just a little bit greener. The plants were up a little bit, a little bit more vigorous, growing a little bit taller. It looked a little bit healthier, right? And then we saw where the phosphorus was in the seed row. It was, it was quite good, right? Mm. We could tell we have phosphorus uptake, right? You, it was almost... Definitely had a pop-up effect. Definitely a pop-up effect. And, yeah. and again, this is in, in wheat, right? So we had this zero and then the phos in the sideband. And they, honestly, I'm looking at this picture and they're, they almost look the same, mm -hmm. right? So in this case, so then you want to, you know, you're saying, well, okay, yeah, phosphorus in the seed row. That, we kind of knew that, right? We knew that it has to be close. 
Sideband's fairly close, but what's going on? Okay, so let's move over to the other side. Zero FOSS with nitrogen going down the mid-row boundaries now. Okay, again, that one, very evident, no phosphorus, there's a deficiency. When we put that FOSS in the sideband in that, huge difference, mm -hmm. huge difference. We're talking big time. Greener, plants are up and growing, huge difference in between. Uh, the, the biggest, I would say, uh, difference between nitrogen and the sideband and mid-row was when we put that phosphorus into the seed row there. There was really no difference at all between FOSS and the seed row and FOSS and the sideband when nitrogen was placed in the mid-row, mm -hmm. right? Away from where that phosphorus is. So what's going on? Is this when you want me to throw out some kind of a leading question to, to, to keep the conversation rolling or what? Well, I'm kind of doing that to you right now, actually. <laughs> You're just smiling at me. <laughs> where am I headed here, Jeff? Okay, what, what is going on there? The difference being, you know, phosphorus is the same place in the sideband, nitrogen got moved. Do you want to answer? Do you want to take this away? No, you, 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 you're, you're on a roll. Just what, keep rolling. What we think is going on there, right? Well, obviously the nitrogen placement had something to do with the uptake of phosphorus. And I think that's something that we don't always see. Uh, in this particular year, in 2020, it was extremely evident. What's something that you always see when you put nitrogen in a concentrated band? Something you always see nitrogen in a concentrated band? Yeah. Well, it could get a little toxic. You think? I don't know. What are you going at here? Well, I'm thinking the pH, how the pH changes right. going way up and way down and kind of creating a not very hospitable environment for a root to grow into. And that's I, my leading question. I'll just, you take it away right, from there. Right. <laughs> it's a not a hospitable. So you can't not talk about some phosphorus placement, some uptake without understanding how the nitrogen works then is what we found basically. Yeah. And, and, and you're at urea specifically, we're using urea, uh, you know, pH levels when it's converting urea into ammonia, ammonium, nitrite, nitrate. Yeah. pH levels, you're right up and down through the roof, promoting root growth in that band. And what's in the middle of the band then phosphorus. Yeah. You've, you've effectively encapsulated the one yeah. product you need to get the pop-up effect in something that's not going to allow you to access it. Exactly. So now nitrogen, you know, it can move out, it'll dissipate out. Eventually the phosphorus will become available, yeah. right? A phosphorus that doesn't move. I guess, you know, you could expand that to any non-mobile nutrient in the soil, right? Yeah. Right. It just, if the roots have to physically hit it, then it just, it can't grow into it unless the nitrogen's out of the way. So then what we do is we ended up with this phosphorus encapsulated in the band, can't get to it in the side band, right? All that nitrogen around, we move that nitrogen out, poof, it has very accessible yeah, access. Yeah, easy, easy access, where you go. To the phosphorus. So this whole term, what we're getting around here is this whole hot banding. Yeah. And, and not something that was coined by us by any means. Uh, it was just extremely evident there. Like work was done back in, what, the, the 80s? Well, oh, there's, there's quite a bit, I know, uh, not to date myself, but there, there was quite a bit of work, uh, done by Wesco long, long time ago. And, uh, they, they did a lot of work on hot banding and they did, did not only did they use uh, urea, they did a lot of ammonia work back then too. Just so how would, how would ammonia affect it then differently? Uh, same, same concept, create a hot band and it's, 
you're not going to be able to get root penetration into a non-mobile nutrient if that nutrient is actually wrapped up in a, a hot band of any kind. Well, ammonia, I guess, is already further down the line of the nitrogen process, though, right? It's already an ammonia. It's not a urea, obviously. So it's got one less step. So let's take it one, one step further. And this is something we haven't done. Uh, wouldn't, would liquid be less of an effect? Would it have less of this hot band effect than, let's say, urea or maybe even ammonia as well? Well, the, the literature would, would indicate that you should be about 25% safer because you've got 25% of liquid fertilizer is kind of in a plant-available form already, where 75% has to go through a conversion process to become available to a plant. So uh, even, even when you look at uh, safe seed place guides for any, any of the prairie provinces, they'll always say that uh, liquid fertilizer is a little bit more safe. It's still, you still have to be careful with it, right. uh, but it is uh, a little bit safer than the other forms. Yeah, pH levels wouldn't be spiking as high in that then? Yeah, it's just a little bit more forgiving. Okay. Something we haven't really played with, right? We were always, we've always just played with urea, not even an anhydrous or, or liquid. Not saying we yeah, didn't want, one, want one, to. One day I would really like to, actually. I, I think that would be a really cool trial, uh, evaluating fall-applied ammonia, uh, spring-applied ammonia, direct seed ammonia. Uh, there's, there's still, like, it's specific to our neighborhood here, uh, in Saskatchewan, if I'm somebody will have to correct me on this, but I, I, I still believe that about 80% of all the ammonia used in the province is in Northeast Saskatchewan. So it's, it is a heavy ammonia use area and we don't do a lot of work with, but predominantly when you look at Western Canada, urea is the king, like right. that the majority of the end that goes down is urea. Right. So. Well, I'm going to bring us back here a little bit to, to this FOSS talk. Yeah. We kind of stray once in a while, don't we? Yeah. That's okay though. I think, uh, you know, we got there because we were, you know, how, what do these different types of nitrogen encapsulate the phosphorus? Okay, let's go back to that placement now. Seed row, you know, we always want it in the seed row. Okay, well, now all of a sudden we don't want it in the seed row. What's the benefits of not putting phos in the seed row? Well, it depends on how you're placing it, I guess. Like it's, you, you're going to reduce your mortality immensely by not having any fertilizer in the seed row. Right. So, and that's what we've seen, right? And that's kind of what we've seen. Yeah, let, let the seed do its thing. More specifically with canola than cereal. Cereal is obviously a little bit more forgiving. But anytime you don't have to put any fertilizer in the seed row, you know, that's, well, you've negated one impact on seedling mortality. You've taken that away. Yeah, that's exactly it. So. Yeah, we've, you, 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 even though phosphorus, and there's definitely a different, there's lots of different types of phosphorus, uh, lower salt content then most fertilizers in general, phosphorus is a lower salt content. Yep. Uh, but if you're still, you know, trying to, if you've got a canola seed and you've got a pearl of phos and they're fighting over moisture, well, that pearl of phos is going to win every single time, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and so if that happens in your soil, if you've got, you know, drier soil and it's fighting for that moisture, well, yeah, we're going to lose out. So if you don't put anything with the seed, that's when we get our best, our mm -hmm. best results. Almost call it a micro pop-up. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can term... <laughs> coin a new term we're talking we talk phosphorus gives us a pop-up effect but like we got a micro pop-up just let it do its own thing at the very start uh and that kind of goes for every crop but but you're right specifically into into canola mm -hmm. um and and you know what we, we have seen that before we have done this in canola where we put a little bit in the seed row the rest in the in the sideband the same setup there uh it was uh you know, we weren't piling all the foss in but we did see the same sort of thing show up in 2020 as well where that uh Sideband versus seed row phosphorus 
uh, you take the nitrogen away from the sideband, all of a sudden it has, mm-hmm. it has earlier access to it there then. I think it was really interesting too that one one strip that we did where we actually did have all the phos and all the nitrogen in the sideband and we still placed a touch of phosphate in the seed row and that did provide a pop-up effect. Yes. It did impact seedling mortality. So you could compensate with uh, a higher seeding rate if you if you wanted to do that. But uh, it, it was evident that, okay, yes, we were getting a hot band by placing nitrogen and phosphate together in that sideband. Uh, but you could alleviate that hot band and give the plant access earlier in its life by putting a touch in the, in the seed row. And it did provide a pop-up uh, effect every time. Yes. Yeah, exactly. No, that's a really good point in that. You know, and I think that's even what we kind of would recommend, right? Is if if you got a sideband operation piling all your end in the sideband, well, if there's a mm-hmm. possibility, if you can put two tanks of FOSS, let's say, or mm-hmm. whatever, or, or an extra tank of FOSS just to put a little bit in the seed row, I think you'll see a bit of a, yeah, like you said, that pop-up effect there, right? Yeah. I think that's important to know. It's it's something that you can, uh, you can do, especially depending on seeding dates. You know, you start getting later in the season, you get a weather event, you get pushed back, and you all of a sudden you're doing a little bit of late seeding. You know if you're putting everything, all your groceries in the sideband, you're going to create a hot band. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens? Okay, well, you're going to lose a few days to maturity. Mm-hmm. So by taking a little bit of phosphate, putting in the seed row, and you get that pop-up effect, especially on these later seeding dates, you know, you're going to get a, gain a few days back mm-hmm. by doing that and, you know, maybe not be... You know, frightful about seeding dates, you know, and frost in the fall and stuff like that. If you can gain a few days there, that's right. You know, two days in the in the spring is like five days in the fall kind of thing. So now different rates of nitrogen will affect this as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, we're over 100 pounds we're putting down. You know, that tipping point depends on the moisture, the effect on the hot band of phosphorus. Yeah. You know, if you're putting down 60 pounds of N, mm-hmm. it's not going to be near as uh, an issue. Yeah. As if you're, you know, it's a double that, 120 pounds of that's, actual end. That's kind of like the start of it, because I know there was that work that was done in Brandon there, and that's where they were fine. Depending on soil texture, you know, somewhere between 50 and 60 pounds, you didn't really generate that big of a hot band. But as soon as you got over 60, that's when it really started to take off, and it wasn't like right. a, a linear curve. It was more exponential where right. it kind of takes off as far as damage goes. So. I know that 90 pounds has always been a bit of a mm, talking point there too as, as far as yeah. the rate. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's something to... to Keep in mind, right? So if you're pumping a bunch of N in, you got good moisture, but you still want that early access to fossil, maybe put a little bit in the seed row. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we move that N away, and the N's out in the mid row in the one-pass system here with this trimax. We got our triple shoot, right? Seed on its own, starter foss in the sideband, nitrogen in the mid row. It's kind of a nice little system where you have access. Uh, now that's a one-pass system. Let's let's go back to your anhydrous comment there quick. You're putting all that N down mm-hmm. ahead of time, and then you come in with a dual knife system. What are you doing? What, where are you putting everything? I'm putting all the seed on its own, and I'm putting all the immobile nutrients in the in the fertilizer knife. Because you, you effectively you've gotten rid of the the Talk issue to. for hot banding altogether. You know, you've got your N out of the N, N is out of the equation. Exactly. So that's yeah. I would say what most guys struggled with with uh, you know if you got a single knife and you're trying to do that, and you got all your N down already, and you don't want to run your banders. It's like, well, okay, well, what happens if we did a dual? dual mm-hmm. shoot where we don't put anything with the seed row, but then we can pump as pretty much as much of that starter fertilizer into the side band as we want. So mm-hmm. I think that's been a really good, uh, a really good setup for that. But mm-hmm. so there we go. I think, uh, you know, just to summarize that, you know, seed row versus side band. Well, it kind of depends on where your nitrogen is placed a little bit as well there, right? It, 
phosphorus uptake is a function of where the nitrogen is placed. So with that, I think we're going to end the conversation there. That's a good anything. chat, actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I do enjoy chatting with you. So <laughs> it's Well, with that, on that topic, chat, and what are you doing for Christmas? Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas. Uh, Christmas, yeah. You know, right at this point, I know what I'm not doing. I'm not going net fishing like we normally would. Oh. Uh, prior to the, to the Christmas break, we usually go out and do whitefish netting. Uh, like legally, people, legally, 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 right. get a permit, go out there and net fish. But, uh, you know, with the, the nice weather that we're having, we don't actually have enough ice right at the moment. So I'm going to put that on hold to the new year. So yeah, I'm just going to take it easy, hang out with my family. And yep. what about yourself? Yep. Same family. We got it all lined up. We got the different, two different sides. We're actually going to end up, well, probably in Yorkton and then after that on the way to, to Winnipeg. Ooh. I'll tell you all about Winnipeg when we get back on the new year. So no, it should be uh, it should be good. I mean, obviously, uh, a couple of kids there and hang out with their cousins, and that's the that's yeah, the best. That's they're, what they're looking about. forward to it. So, yeah. Well, I think well next time we'll we'll uh, chat with everybody here again. On next episode, you know, we'll continue our chat on the agronomics of a, of equipment, and we'll we'll get you growing. Merry Christmas. Have a good holiday. <laughs>